You're listening to Creatives Making Money, the podcast for creatives who are on a mission to do the work they feel most called to do and make some money while they do it. This is a show for the makers, the dreamers, the doers, the creators, the artists, the crazy ones, and the ones who are determined to consciously build the life and career of their dreams. Here, we don't just believe in getting your dream job, we believe in creating it. So what does creative success even look like? How do we live a fully expressed, abundant AF life? That's precisely what we're here to find out. My mission with Creatives Making Money is to conduct 100 interviews with successful creatives and those who love and support them about money, career, and the process of making and doing what they most love, including all of the ups, downs, and in-betweens. I'm your host, Jamie Jensen, writer, storyteller, filmmaker, serial entrepreneur, and shameless creator. No matter where you are in your creative and financial journey, I'm here to help you create like you mean it. Hello and welcome to Creatives Making Money. This is episode 30, How to Process Grief, part two. I'm Jamie Jensen, your host of Creators Making Money podcast, and I'm excited to share more with you in this short series on how to process grief. Now, when we are met with cataclysmic loss, we are often sent into a giant fog. It can take buckets and buckets of tears over many, many days or even years to fully unleash the fog and discover clarity. Now, over the last couple of episodes, I've discussed my experience losing, losing the love of my life how that sent me into a grief tailspin where I had to put this podcast on hiatus, but also where I discovered the true power of grief and the process to walk yourself through to really become confident at grief so that the fear of failure and the fear of success and really any fear doesn't hold you back and doesn't control you and have power over you anymore. Now, as I mentioned, you have to first agree to acknowledge the story interrupted, to really uh get in touch with the most challenging feelings for you, and then to actually spend the time and take the space to mourn. And you want to identify any possible old beliefs and old losses that are still there for you and give them some space and give yourself some space to really process them and let them go. Now, when I talk about story and meaning, which I talk about a lot, and how that plays into our grieving process, it's important to mention that like of course experiences like this can also rock your faith whether your faith is you know you have a specific practice or with religion or spirituality or whatever that looks like for you whatever your relationship is with a higher power maybe that's just believing that good things will happen or that a certain person was on your side or your team who isn't there or maybe you're just, you you know, you're questioning your belief and faith in a higher power that like things happen for a reason. So often part of the grieving process is redefining what the, what your beliefs are and what your faith is. And so you may very, it's very likely that you will come out the other side of any grieving process way clearer on your beliefs and on the beliefs that you want to hold on to that will serve you moving forward in terms of your relationship with, you know, faith, belief, and and the world, what your philosophies are and how you can move forward. And 
like I said, your body is going to have an experience all its own, right? In terms of the feelings and the challenges of coping with change like grief. So as I've said, you're going to want to move the energy of change and uncertainty through your body and your energy field. Now this, (laughs) this is where this gets fun. Um, (laughs) I love like this is grief and we're going to make it fun. I mean, that's just the weirdest thing ever to say. So when we get into the, so the first three steps are like kind of bringing you present, right? They're bringing you to, this is the story interrupted. This is what I saw, what I wanted. This is how it feels. Here's space for me to mourn that. And like, let's just dump out all this stuff, right? Let's get all that surface level junk out, go deep and release it. And the next step is going to be about moving that energy through you, And being in a space where you actually have less than you did before because it's loss, right? You have less. You have less energy. You have less resources. Your capacity is reduced. So this episode is focused on what steps you can take to then move forward from that place of like, this is exhausting. I'm tired. And like, what now? So this is really about moving you From the past, which is where we tend to live when we're processing loss, grief, trauma, and into the present, where there's a lot of pain that we are presently experiencing and missing for what is no longer with us, but this is where we begin, right? The process is we're mourning all the things past, we're going to bring us into the present, and the ultimate step is going to be about what's next. So one of the fun things that you learn as an energy healer is that you know, because I went through this process recently, is that you have your physical body, right? Like we're in a body, spiritual beings have a human experience and, you know, everyone's body has a different experience in this life, but we are sort of contained in a body, right? Like this is how we move through the mortal experience on earth is in our bodies. You also have energy, You have your aura, your vibe, the spirit that surrounds you and beams outwards from your body. Like that's your life force energy. That's your soul, right? We all have one and it speaks, which is why you can walk into a room and like feel vibes from a certain person or not from another person. Sometimes you might even have, you know, feel like you can read your friend's mind or you message someone and you were just thinking about them and they were thinking about you and then someone reaches out and it's like, oh, I was just thinking about you. Your energy is talking. Your energy is communicating. Now, and then there's your mind, right? Which like we've kind of started to discuss. And there's your heart, which is a piece of your energy field. But I, I choose that because it is a very, it is your, it is the leader of your life, right? As a creative making money, someone who wants to do good in the world, your heart is your leader. So all of these areas will need attention as you move through grief because grief is heartbreak. So healing the heart is a key piece of this process. When we're talking about processing and then healing from grief, it is cyclical. It is not a linear beginning, middle, and end process. You will want to have a strategy in place to care for each of these parts of you intentionally. Loss and crisis will always rock your sense of safety. It will rock your sense of what is trustable, what you can rely on, what is, you know, what is stable. And as we know from living through a global pandemic and other things, that we are in, and nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. It really never was. 
But there are foundations that uh, I think we culturally and societally felt more that we could rely on that were stable and it's ultimate destabilization and it is extremely challenging on the nervous system and on your body to be faced with that so that can trigger a lot of grief and it can trigger a lot of trauma and it can trigger a series of emotions so anger guilt shame relief sadness and mourning in general isn't a one and done it's not like oh well i'm in the anger phase or this makes me angry or i feel shame or i'm actually relieved that this is happening because it makes this and this and this easier for me and like that's a relief and then i feel guilty that i feel relieved these things come up and they're not a one and done so i just want to repeat that the process i'm walking you through is kind of like a cycle you circle around and around you do these steps repeatedly and every time you do it you are changing and getting better at grief because you are releasing more each time. So it's kind of like an energetic washing machine on spin cycle. And each time you go through, you come out a little bit cleaner, a little bit more restored and less weighed down by the grief. So the best way that I have found to continue allowing these rapid changes and these rapidly changing emotions to move through is to, is to move your body and work with your body and also work with your energy and your heart and your mind. So with that said, the fourth step in this six-step process, processing process, is, okay, we've looked at the past, we've looked at the story interrupted, the futures that won't be written, releasing all of that, mourning all of that, mourning the stuff from the past and the stuff that we dreamt that won't happen. And now we are where we are. And the question becomes, what can we do with what we have and where we are and the resources we're left with emotionally, energetically, all of the above, right? And so the fourth step is creating a new normal for caring for yourself in the present. So in creating that, like what is, you know, you want to have an intentional, basically a a self-care plan for allowing yourself to to be in grief and just have a plan for each piece of yourself in the present moment. So embodiment, your body. Now, how can we move grief and emotions and trauma through your body? There are a lot of different ways and there is there are creative ways to do this. So you can take an embodiment class. You can also get a massage, which may or may not be you know, easier possible in a COVID lifestyle, but you might have someone in your life that you could trade massages with moving, moving, um, things in your muscles. I personally take baths regularly to just soak my body in Epsom salts. Um, but even if you can't do massages or anything like that, you can still dance. You could do yoga. You can stretch. You can do breath work. You can take baths. You can sit in the sunshine. You can spend time in nature and put your body in nature. Something else that also works that is an embodiment resource is essential oils and aromatherapy. Now, this is all, I get it. I get that this is like some sort of super basic spiritual woo-woo stuff. But the concept here is that you are moving the energy through your body, like moving areas of stuckness and stuck energy through your body. And you are also resourcing yourself so you are allowing yourself to to ground into your body and calm down and receive what is available to you in the moment so it's it's items that bring you present so taking a walk 
intentionally breathing and bringing you present from an embodiment access point. This is all food for your body. It is nourishing. It is good for you. It's important. Next, you want to have some energetic resources, right? An energetic resource. And by the way, you can just pick one for each category, right? Energetic resources. Now, this is big. It's really, really big. Why is it big? Because when we are dealing with loss, we actually are losing pieces of our aura. So it could be part of our identity that we're scrambling to cling to or upgrade or release. It could be a piece of our livelihood. It could be a breakup or death, or it could be losing a person we were close to. And all of those things live in our energy field. So again, this episode is not a complete class in the chakras and how your energy works through your body. But whenever you deal with loss, you may feel a little bit emptier because you have lost a part of you. And there are holes in your aura where there were once there were once energies and it could be the energy of a dream, the energy of a hope, the energy of a vision, of a sense of self, of financial stability, uh, love, passion, excitement. Um, all of that lives in your energy field. So ne- before it felt full and it was full of like all the things you wanted and all the things you envisioned and dreamed of in your in your energy field. And now it's more like Swiss cheese. Now it's more like your weekend um, and there's like little holes in your aura. And so you feel imbalanced and you feel emptiness and pieces need to be filled. And it's not because it's not because there's like a void that you need to stuff with something or numb. It's because there literally is a hole in your aura. But what we really need to do is actually fill it back up with your own energy. So you might be weakened or feel weaker and it becomes easy in that moment to lean on things like toxic relationships, unhealthy attachments, substances, other forms of addiction or codependency. But what you really need is energetic support, right? And so what you really need is to allow yourself to be filled back up. You need your aura to be entirely replenished by your own energy. It will grow back and fill in and receiving energy healing really does help with this. And it will be filled with the energy of love. So love for what you do, love for who's in your life, all of that stuff. So, and love for yourself. So like I said, you know, I think that the most the key, most key piece for an energetic resource is going to be spending time with yourself and giving yourself love and attention. So short of like hiring an energy healer or learning learning more about Reiki on your own time, you can learn about chakras and how they work and what each one is. All of that stuff is helpful. But the most helpful thing for you to replenish your aura is going to be being with yourself and discovering what it is that fills you up and intentionally doing that, intentionally creating space for the things that fill you up energetically. It could be time with friends. That's completely legitimate. It's not like be alone and suffer. It's discovering what those things are that your energy field needs to feel whole because it's it. you're still sort of filling in those little Swiss cheese holes for a period of time after you experience loss. You also want to have a resource for your mind. So what I recommend for this is meditation. There are tons of apps like Headspace and Calm that work. The New York Times has a free page on meditations that I use personally um, and love. There are different, there are many different levels and types of meditations. Insight, Insight app also has some great ones. There's an app called Shine that has great meditations. 
So there's lots of choices here. And when we're talking about mind resources, what we're talking about is how can you get quiet enough to observe your thoughts and pay attention to what's happening in your mind? Are there beliefs coming up? Are there thoughts that are creating feelings in your body? Are there opinions you have about situations in the present moment that are not serving you? What's going on in there? So instead of letting those thoughts run your life, you just want to be quiet enough to observe what they are. And like I said, writing the story and identifying the beliefs is going to be huge here. So continually doing the work of like, what's the story I'm making up about this? And like, what's the belief that I've decided is true? Or what's the belief that I have here and where does that come from? What story did I live where I built evidence for something that isn't serving me? So all that work that I suggest doing in in this episode prior the episode prior to this episode 29, you want to be doing on a consistent basis. You want to be constantly checking the story and narrative you're telling yourself and the belief that you're creating out of it and like and it, does it require grief and loss to release that? And if so, like okay, do it. Do it because that's how you're going to pull your power back. Finally, you want to have resources for your heart because this is a destabilizing heartbreak experience. Loss is a heartbreak. It just is. So you want to have friendship. You want to allow yourself to love and be loved, even if it feels difficult. You want to ask yourself, ask for help and ask for support when you need it. This is not a time to just sit and suffer in silence. This is a time to actually lean in to, to the love in your life. And it doesn't mean that you can like have to take and not give um, because giving is receiving as well. So making sure that you are engaging in mutually beneficial and energetically balanced relationships is really important. You have to allow yourself to be broken and still receive love. It is in this phase, in this step, that you begin to allow the future to creep into your consciousness. You begin to recognize what may or may not be, you get your your own identity reflected back at you from your friendships, which is important because when we are going through devastating loss, like we question who we are and what we're doing, right? What are we doing? What's my purpose? How am I going to move forward through this? And allowing yourself to continue to lean into friendship reminds you like you're not alone. You have a purpose. You have value. And and it reminds you who you are. Sometimes you cannot do that in isolation. And there's that's not a shameful thing. That's just true. We're not supposed to live in isolation. Um, So in all of that, you will then begin to allow yourself to become the version of yourself that will carry you into your next stage and chapter. So you start rebuilding the identity. Then you begin to allow yourself to become the version of yourself that will carry you into your next stage and chapter. So you begin to rebuild your identity. Step five is repotting. Repotting and building new containers. I call it repotting because this was just a metaphor that I sort of made up as I was going through my deep grieving process. This is an extension of the previous step, right? As we are moving through our day-to-day, doing our best to just do our best and keep up and be in grief and find joy where we can, we want to be challenging our negative beliefs as the depression phase of grief creeps in and we more and more will need that external support. So I want you to just imagine that you're a plant. And you're a beautiful, sprawling, green, gorgeous plant. You're potted in a lovely container. It's hand-painted and the detail is simply stunning. The soil inside your pot is fertile. It's full of minerals and it's nourishing. But lately it's kind of dried up. 
and you're not feeling nourished because there's a fog of grief nearby or around and then grief comes and it smashes the pot and you're left lying on the ground with your roots out surrounded by the beautiful soil you were once together in a community that held you together and kept you clear on what you're doing and you're now sort of flailing about so you may feel more vulnerable more at risk and confused about what to do this is what trauma grief and crisis does it smashes the container but in order to stay alive and thrive and grow and be healthy you need a container to be planted in there are many forms of safe and healthy containers okay there's your relationship with yourself and the structure and model of care that you build into your life from step four There's therapy and other forms of formal container support with coaches and healers and others that is like a safe space for your emotions to be held. There are friendships that are intimate and safe that allow you to really show up that way and be supported and and redefine who you are and what you're going to be. There are communities and groups and other forms of support and this is especially important for us creatives because we are very individual in how we work typically and isolating ourselves can make it more challenging for us to see and understand our work and our value. So community is really important here. Um, and making sure that you have healthy romantic relationships and loverships. If you're in a relationship with someone who has the capacity to hold space for an extra tender heart, great. But remember that allowing yourself to be held that way is half of that. So uh, what does it mean to hold space? Because I know I'm talking about like, who can hold space for your feelings and can someone hold space for that? So holding space is really being with someone and allowing them to feel their feelings, go through the emotional highs and lows in an experience, cry, express, all of that, and just holding it. Meaning there's no fixing, there's no doing, there's no talking. It's just listening and being with someone as they're having their emotional experience. You don't really need to do anything except hold the space. And essentially what happens when you're holding space for someone is you are being the safe container where they can show up and be held. You don't really need to do. It's a being. It is actually a being thing, not a doing thing. Not everyone is trained to be in the being or can be in the being. It is very uncomfortable to be in the being because it is natural for us to want to avoid pain and other people's pain can make us very uncomfortable. We want to fix it. We want to avoid it the same way we want to avoid our own pain and that's natural. Um, You can't save anyone from their pain. They just have to process it. So knowing where you can find those safe containers to be held in that way as you go through stuff is extremely important and you want to you know make sure that you can have that space held for you as you go through all your stuff the next step the final step in the six-step process is planting a seed and so what does that mean that means that you are giving yourself permission to dream again and to see the future and to prepare for it so before we can actually like get into the future and again this is a cyclical thing you're going to go back to step one two three four five six again through and through all of these pieces are important these are important components for you to be held in your grief and and come out of it processed and healthy and that ultimate step is allowing yourself to have a future 
why is it hard to have a future when we're dealing with grief? There are a few reasons, right? You know, in the case like mine, when you're dealing with losing someone who was like your best friend and your lover, I feel guilty moving on, right? I mean, I'm processing that, but there's guilt. There's a lot of like, you know, there's the missing piece and then there's the like possibility of a future with another person piece. But then there's also just like survivor's guilt and all of that stuff. And that's that's normal. Sometimes you might feel guilty because you have a privilege that other people don't have. And that makes you feel guilty about moving forward with the future. You might feel guilty because because you know someone else who lost more than you lost in through covid even maybe as an example and then you want to give yourself permission to have a future but maybe you have a close friend who's suffering worse than you and you feel guilty about that there are a lot of reasons why we can feel feelings that interfere with our ability to to envision the future when the other thing that happens too is we lose trust because we've lost we our relationship with faith is being reimagined because our beliefs are being reshaped and reimagined. So when you lose your previous belief or something you believed is no longer true because the loss you've experienced or the grief you've experienced is now rattling it or making it less true, you also lose trust in the future and what you can rely on. So, you know, as you go through all of these steps in processing grief, those things process out and you become more stabilized and grounded in what you believe and what you can trust and what's trustable for you and what you can move forward towards and into in your future. So giving yourself the permission to dream again and believe that there's a still a field of possibility, there is always still a field of possibility. We live in a field of possibility. It is actually the field, same field of possibility that throws shitty things at us that can equally throw amazing things at us and it's just a crapshoot. Unfortunately, when we are processing out grief, we are so deep in the field of this was shitty that we start to lose sight of the fact that like the possibility is is just as randomized to be amazing. So, you know, we rewrite those beliefs, we find trust again and we give ourselves permission to dream. We know that we're on a new level with our grief when we're able to give ourselves the permission to dream and see the future again. And when we believe again that great things are possible and do lie ahead for us, we can then continue to move forward with our missions, with our purpose, and do what we need to do to support and help others and hopefully make the world a better place in in the process. Remember that this is a cycle and it is not linear. I know I keep saying that, but I just want to reiterate it again. You will go through this process repeatedly, and that's totally okay. Your next step, you know, your seventh bonus step is to is to take bold action and to continue taking bold action. For some people that might be I'm writing my story and I'm sharing it with the world. And for other people it might be I'm writing my story, I've cleared this and I continue with I can continue with the work that I do that is completely unrelated to my story that I needed to process out and deal with in order to move forward. So, there's no right or wrong here. You can continue to be gentle with yourself through this. It is not it is it can be very raw, it can be very vulnerable, it can be very challenging. All of that is normal, um which is why it's so important that you make sure that you are held um by practitioners, by friends, by communities that can really support you through the process and through healing and 
making sure that you are the most empowered version of yourself to do the most good in the world. That's what I want to help you do. I want to help you do the most good in the world. So I hope you enjoyed this second part of how to process grief and what those steps are and look like. If you have questions about any of this, please pop into the Facebook group for Creators Making Money. I will put the link in the show notes. Um, and I would love for you to join us. You can even just go on Facebook and search for the Creators Making Money group and find us there. It's super easy to find. I would love to connect with you there and hear more if you have questions or any reflections or feedback. And you can always, always, always also post any ahas you've had from this episode. Tag me on Instagram. I am there for it. You know, this is the therapy you didn't have to pay for. So please tell me how this episode helped you heal. And as always, create like you mean it. Hey, if you're a writer entrepreneur ready to grow your business to multiple six figures while also getting your personal writing done and making an impact, I created Craft and Cashflow for you. This Creative Leadership Collective is a 12-month program that will help you implement the exact steps I took to grow from six to multiple six figures, churn out writing work that got me attention and enthusiastic collaborators, and make a difference. We get started September 7th, and I'm so excited. If you're curious to learn more about this virtual group program where you'll get tons of personal attention, coaching, and strategy on your writing and your business, and even some energy work and healing too, let's talk. I've opened up a few times in my calendar for quick chats just for this. You can head to creativesmakingmoney.com slash chat to grab a time. Speak soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Creatives Making Money. And please don't go anywhere without subscribing. My hope is that the show becomes the therapy you didn't have to pay for and gives you all the know-how, confidence, and ahas you need to succeed on your journey. Sharing how you connected with this episode really makes my day. So please tag me on Instagram at Jamie Lynn Jensen and let me know how this episode helped you. Sharing that with a rating and review also helps me reach more awesome humans like you and I so appreciate it. If you're looking to connect with more listeners and like-minded creatives like you as well and also with me, please join us in the private Creatives Making Money Facebook group at creativesmakingmoney.com group. It's totally free to join. And as always, you can find all important links and details in this episode's show notes available at creativesmakingmoney.com. Do not hesitate to head over there right now and grab all the goodies. And as always, create like you mean it.